And we're back. Welcome back. I'm so glad you decided to return for the fun bonkers that's about to ensue. This is the Ice Planet Podcast. I am Danny. Um, first, I want to thank everyone who listened, who shared, who tweeted or retweeted, who left a comment on that first episode, to everyone who engaged. I appreciate all the feedback so much. I had a lot of fun putting that first episode together. Um, and I'm so happy to hear that people actually enjoyed listening to it because it was just me going solo on that one. So it's kind of stressful. Um, I also want to thank you again for your patience as I got those podcast feeds set up. Um, if you were there for the first day, I didn't have it up on Google Play or on Apple iTunes or on Spotify. Um, in my defense, I'd focused so much on the writing and producing and getting the episode up that I forgot the very easy and very simple thing of just hooking it up to the RSS feed. You know, you live and you learn. And so now I will not be doing that again. I've learned from that mistake. Um, so we're on episode two. Um, a few updates for you. First, this podcast has an email now. So if you're not on Twitter and you would like to send a message, ask a question, refute something I've said, I am here for all of that. Again, this is just because I need someone to talk about this series with. You can do so at contact at iceplanetpod.com. That is contact, C-O-N-T-A-C-T, at iceplanetpod. Um, the website is also iceplanetpod.com. Of course, you can still send in comments, feedback, arguments, whatever, on Twitter at IcePlanetPod. Either route works. We've been having a lot of fun on the Twitter account. In fact, last week, I asked followers of the Twitter account how they discovered the Ice Planet Barbarian series. And the responses were pretty interesting. And if you don't mind, I'm going to read through a few of them. For many of you, you found out about the series through podcast. Podcasts are changing the world. Um, two mentioned specifically were the Heaving Bosoms and Faded Mates podcasts. I love them both. They're sort of sister podcasts to the Black Chick Lit podcast, which I guess makes them a sister to this one. A half sister. I'm not entirely sure about the family tree on that. Erica at Erica Reads H-E-A said, Heaving Bosoms did an episode and I was like, what is this bonkers space nonsense? And then I bought it and it's still on my TBR, but with plans to read soon. Erica, you should read it very soon because you're truly missing out on some fun, sh sexy shenanigans in space. Tweets by moi said, Heaving Wisdoms podcast. It's my fave episode. I have listened to it at least seven times. I too have listened to that episode a number of times to the point that I can hear Melody make the brrr vacuum sound in my head and I crack up over it every time. Jay Hinsexual, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Jay Hinsexual said, Faded Mates mentioned it in an episode last season and I read the first book out of curiosity. 30 million books later, here I am. And yeah, I feel like that's all of us. You read one and they are just so inherently bingeable that you have to read all of them. And lastly, Jillenholic15, I'm pretty sure I mauled that one. Jillenholic15, Ashley B. Pony said, Heaving Bosoms Podcast Facebook group, Someone posted Nadine's cover from Ice Home, and I was like, ooh, there is a black girl on the cover. Tell me more about this series. And then I was told to start from the beginning, so I did, and I'm obsessed. I want to say I read this one because I also kind of flangirled over that cover. Nadine's cover got a couple of mentions in response to this question. I mean, it's understandable. Her hair, the new red alien, there was a pterodactyl. It's a great cover. Um, 
Shani W. Rose actually said, I saw a lot of black women recommend Nadine's Champion in a Goodreads group. I was intrigued and found out that it was a series and there are like 20 plus books before. I binged both Ice Planet Barbarians and Ice Home in two weeks. Ooh, that'd be a good question. How fast, how quickly did you all get through these books, get through this series? How fast did you binge? I'm not a fast reader. I think it took me about a month or two to make my way through all of them. But that's, if I did like 10 books, and that's a lot for me. That's a pretty quick, that's a good clip. Another answer that came up a lot was Kindle Unlimited. Karenza Mary, at Karenza Mary on Twitter said, I listened to the first audiobook of Ice Planet Barbarians and I loved it. I needed more. I found that the books were on Kindle Unlimited and my husband got me an e-reader and shared his account. Now all the suggestions that he receives are romances. I don't see a problem with that. Uh, I think Mormon should read romances. I mean, I think just one, because they're good books to read, and two, it'll give them, I don't know, a leg in the game, like figure out what women want, like read how women are viewing and writing about sex and romances. I mean, that's a good plan. Marie at Legally H-E-A tweeted, last January, I'd signed up for a temporary Kindle Unlimited subscription, and while checking out the romance options, the cover of the first book popped up, and I sort of horrified clicked out of sheer curiosity and couldn't stop reading. And over this past year, discovered I am not alone. No alien pun intended. Uh, no, Marie, you most certainly are not. Um, and I'm so glad. I'm so grateful that there are so many people who have sort of embraced this series and its bonkersness because then I wouldn't have more people to talk about it with. I think that's been part of the fun. It's just like interacting with people and just recording these episodes and hearing everybody's theories, everybody's ideas, everybody's questions because there's so much to dig into. Cindy Stein on Twitter said, when I first got my Kindle and was looking up familiar author names, these blue covers kept being suggested. After borrowing the first one, I binged all of the others and have been hooked ever since. Yep, that's how it goes. And at Jess Reads Too Much, I read over 200 books on Audible Escape. Whew. And I was running out of contemporary romances. I randomly selected it based on the cover and kind of ruined myself for all other books for about six months. Yeah, I can get that too. These books sort of get in you and like they're so specific in like tone and setting and plot that if you want to read more, like you've hit the end, you've binged all of them and you want to read more. It's kind of hard to find something that'll fill that that craving, fill that niche. You've got to, I've yet to find anything that's as enjoyably wild as this one. Um, word of mouth is still popular. At Books Marissa said she heard about the series from multiple raving posts on both Twitter from Jen Reads Romance and Sarah, author Sarah McLean and the Wicked Wallflowers group on Facebook. Facebook reading groups are really out there looking for y'all because there were a number of people who said they heard about it from reading clubs and Facebook groups. So it's really cool how this book has sort of organically found its way. Like I don't see anyone ever saying there was some ad or some big display or some real big marketing thing. It's really just sort of grown organically. And I love that. Um, one or two of you blamed me. You know who you are. And that's fine. That's again, that's what I'm here for. So um, I loved all these responses on Twitter. I love interacting with everyone. So be on the lookout because I think this is a thing I'm going to do for every episode. And also, if you maybe have a question, because I would love if there's something you would love to get community feedback on, again, I want this to be me and other people. So please email or tweet. So I think that's all of the new business. So let's get down to the episode. This is the first episode where I will have a guest. So, you know, some 
some ice to dilute the whiskey. It won't be just me for full hour and a half. This week, we are joined by the Lusty Intellectuals. We are reading Barbarian Alien, book two of the series. Um, and you know what? Both Bobby and Ellen of the Lusty Intellectuals were such angels because Skype, Skype is a beast. Do not trust her. We lost, it corrupted, I don't know what happened, about 30 minutes of the audio, and they very graciously agreed to re-record with me. So be sure to give them a bunch of love, and let's head into the episode. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Ice Planet podcast, official name, we've been, that's the decision I've made. Um, this week, we are reading Barbarian Alien, aka Liz's book, and I am joined by Bobby and Ellen from the Lusty Intellectuals. Hi guys! Hi! Yes, welcome, you're my first guest, I don't know if I've told you all that or if I reminded you all that, but you're the very first guest to be on an episode, so. <laughs> we are honored. We're good. <laughs> Well, I'm glad because this episode has been a trial, but (laughs) (laughs) on the back end in terms of production, but I think it'll be awesome. So could you tell us a little bit about The Lusty Intellectuals? Why did you start it? What was your goal? Or not goal. I don't know. I'm rambling now. So tell me about the podcast. (laughs) Okay, so I'm And I'm Bobby. And um, we started The Lusty Intellectuals podcast um, because we actually were friends for like 10 years. And we didn't know that each other read romances. We kind of ran into each other accidentally at a Julia Quinn book signing. Yeah. And we like <laughs> reunited and we started like talking about books and things like that. And um, we realized that, that like, cause I'm a couple years older than Ellen and we also mm-hmm. went to the same high school, mm-hmm. but we didn't know each other in high school. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually knew her older brother. Um, and so I had donated a bunch of romance novels to my English teacher, and it turns out that one of the books that I had donated was Ellen's first romance novel. Yep. So, oh, that's really cute. <laughs> so we kind of have even like a weirder connection. Yeah, weird <laughs> soul sister thing going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever gone back and read your first romances from like when you were a kid? Because it is, I've done that a few times. And I was like, up. <laughs> no, I tried recently because like my best friend, she always jokes about this book called Laura Lee by Linda Leo Miller. Mm-hmm. And it was like one of the first romances I ever read. And she just remembers he slopped the mashed potatoes on the plate. And, like, <laughs> and so for Christmas last year, I bought us each copy. And I tried to read it. Girl, I couldn't even make it through the first chapter. This is so awful. So abusive. Like, it's so bad. Yeah. Yeah. No, my first romance was The Black Lion by Jude Devereaux. And I realized that, yeah, the rapist is the hero. And I'm not okay with that in my 30s at all. Yeah. 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 My first ones were like a bunch of, I can't even tell you the name. It was some Harlequin category romance. And I don't know if you've ever gone back and read those, but like, they are light reading. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh god oh yeah but you yeah. know i can see objectively like when you take a step back you're like no i get why 14 13 year old me was like mm-hmm. oh my gosh like just titillated you know like i need yeah. more of this in my life <laughs> like you know yeah. and and here we are like 20 years later and still like <laughs> flipping through these pages trying to read as much as we can you know yeah so having better taste <laughs> like yeah. 
I think that we have matured. And <laughs> what's interesting is we have very similar tastes in books. Mm-hmm. So we like the same types of books. We like the same type of hero. So that also, so we realized we're reading the same books. We might as well talk about them. Like we were doing mm-hmm. our own little book club. So we just mm-hmm. decided we're funny. We should start a podcast. Yeah. We're like, you know, everybody's starting a podcast. Let's just do a podcast about like romance. But we also realized that we wanted to represent um, authors of color on our podcast. It seemed like not very many people were doing that. So yeah, we do romance novels by authors of color primarily. And it's been great because it, you know, it it does take just a tiny bit more effort to go Mm -hmm. ahead and make sure that the author that you're reading about is an author of color. And the experience that you get, the authenticity of the characters is so different and so much better than mm-hmm. like if it was a white author writing someone else's experience. Yeah. It's almost made it hard to go back and read the other types mm-hmm. of books. Um, I can't relate to the characters as well, but that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I sort of found that too. And it's not even just relate as much as it's like, well, I've heard this story mm-hmm. 50 times before. <laughs> But, oh, the entire, like, the Kiss Quotient series has become, like, one of my favorite. Like, what was the second one? The Bride Test? Yes. Near yes. Tears. I love that book so much. And it's like, this is this is something new. And it's, you want to hear new stories and different stories and new experiences. Yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah. yeah. And teaching human sexuality, I get to actually reference a lot of romance novels. especially oh, ones awesome. So I'm like, oh, in this book, this person is demisexual. And this is, like, blah, blah, blah. And this is... And actually, my students, because we're doing a thing about consent, and so I've caught, like, I've taken scenes from romance novels to have them read to be like, find the consent in this. Where is it? Because new books are showing that, and they're showing condom use as sexy, and they're showing all these different things that historically haven't been done. So I think it's also the positive of them. I think I've asked you all this a couple times, so I'll go ahead. How did you discover Ice Planet Brothers? Oh, yeah. So it came up. um, Ice Planet Prison, I think, came up uh, in my, like, suggested reads. (laughs) Don't ask what I read. (laughs) It came up as, like, a suggested read, and I, like, read the back, and I was just like, okay, cool. So I bought it and then, like, read it all in one night because it was, you know, it was like a novella. Um, And so it's, like, an adjacent to the Ice Planet Barbarian. So I think he's, like, he's still, like, a sock. Like, not sock queen, but, like, sock. So he's, like, the big blue alien. And it was, like, it's a prison planet. So if you're worried about, like, you know, the heroine being treated super nice or anything (laughs) like that, it's not in there. But it was really good. And, like, it was just such a a crazy roller coaster ride that, like, you couldn't look away from this disaster. Like, um, that I was, like, (laughs) I want to read the rest of the books. And then... um, yeah, I got onto Audible and I downloaded the first book and I loved the accents from the two uh, narrators so much that I was like, I'm in it to win it. Let's like read the whole series. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and then she proceeded to post someone had recreated oh, yeah. the penis of the aliens yeah. on our Instagram. <laughs> and so she was like, here's this. And I was like, Ellen, what the fuck is happening? And I was like, going on and she was just like dude you have to read this shit like what and i was yeah. like all right and then yeah so that was it now was, you're in it it was all yeah. her i don't know what in her in her kindle <laughs> can i ask you before you read it what i wish i had asked more people this but now i'm really curious before you read it what was like your impression like what were you expecting from the series well we- it's not the first alien book that we've okay. read okay so 
I think that you kind of have like an idea of like um, some sort of faded mate situation. So you're kind of thinking of it, like, you know, just like a regular monster fucker kind of. <laughs> you're run of the mill monster fuckers. Like, you know, so it's like a faded mate. He's some sort of ginormous thing with a magical penis of some kind. <laughs> and like, that was pretty much what I was expecting. Something that was just bonkers out of this world. Like, um, yeah. Yeah, I was scared because the other <laughs> She's always scared. She always says that and then she loves it. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I was scared because we had tried to read another one and it yeah. was very rape heavy and it uh, was very um just I, I just didn't like it. Like it wasn't it wasn't fun. And so I was like, okay, girl, like, oh, okay, yeah. we're gonna do this. Let's see. And then I was like, oh, this is this is perfectly fine. Like yeah. in any other book, a, a woman waking up to somebody like eating her out, I would have been hard fell. <laughs> yeah. This book, I was like, that sounds fine. Like, send me to the like, planet. Can I find a man who loves to eat like this? Right. Like, <laughs> where, just drop me off. It'll be fine. <laughs> like, so. I actually thought that I was going to have more of a problem with book one, except I read the content warning at the beginning. Yeah. Where she, like, very much lays out. Like, she's like, you know, the person I was when I first wrote it versus the person I am now. She's like, I realized that there's a difference. There's, a, you know, so... I appreciated that warning going in and then also knowing that it wasn't going to be like this for the rest of the series. Yeah. Yeah. So I appreciated that. Yeah. I didn't know about that author's note. I guess, I guess I had listened to it on auto on the hoopla where they recorded it and they must not have included it. But that's interesting because as I read more of them and I've read a lot of them, as I read more of them, you can like kind of see how her writing and handling of certain subjects changes like she matures in it and I'm like I'm so proud of you Ruby Dixon like she includes more diversity she makes consent like a bigger deal Mm -hmm. she makes like she starts dealing with people who have like mental health issues like I'm like I'm so proud of you like look at you so like yeah that's really cool to hear that she kind of went back I kind of got that feeling that she kind of went in really action heavy on that first one and kind of like dark and then she sort of like pulled back and I was like well that's not that much fun yeah yeah and I'm glad because the crazier stuff is more fun yeah, yeah cuz in it she does say like I thought I was being dark and edgy and now I realize that wasn't dark and edgy like yeah. that but I'm also not going to take it out because it was part of the original story so we're just going to mm-hmm. leave it as is. Yeah. But here's this like warning. So I was like, "Oh, I appreciate that. I yeah. appreciate that." That's really cool. Yeah. The 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 human trafficking is not fun as much as like just crazy alien sex. Like that's I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Agree. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I loved listening to the male when he would switch into like the female characters' voices and like talking like them and I really loved him book 1 because he would like run all of Georgie's words together <laughs> like as if there was no space between them. Yes. And I was like, that how men hear us when we talk? Because I know I talk super fast and I know she talks really fast. Yeah. And I'm just like, I wonder if there's like, yeah, there's no breath in between. It's like, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. And I also, I think, isn't that, it's because they don't understand each other. So it's like, listen yeah. to this garbled junk he's hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. all. So I just like Mason Lloyd's, I feel like it has to be an accent. I don't know why, but like he's putting on some kind of, like that's his alien. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah. his alien accent where it sounds like it's kind of like, I don't know, like his mouth is full or something. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what it is, but there's something about like the accent that like what you're talking about that he puts on that is like, yeah, I I like it. though. Like, I really like it It does sound kind of alien, I guess. Like, it's it's all part of like an experience that you get by listening to it. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes when they're filming like the really explicit scenes and I'm just like picturing them in the booth by themselves (laughs) (laughs) saying stuff like her cunt and all that. I'm like, okay, guys. All right. So from cunt to clit, getting (laughs) to clit every time. I'm like, that's my favorite fucking line. (laughs) 
And then when he's when he's hearing her moan and he's reimagined, like not just her voice, but like her moaning or what she's saying, I was crying. I was like, this is the best thing ever in the world. I should not be driving while listening. <laughs> Sometimes I'll listen to it at work and I like get suspicious like people, people can hear and they know what I'm doing. Even though they can't, I know they can't. So um, so let's talk about this one. So this book, we read Barbarian Alien, which is Liz's book. It is the second book of the series. So it picks up right after Georgie's book. The women have been, they've crash landed on the planet. Vectal and his tribe have come to rescue the women in their, in the ship. And they are in bad shape because yeah. we know that the atmosphere is poisonous. So a lot of them are not doing well. Tiffany is apparently unconscious. So bad yeah. things are happening all around. <laughs> so... Um, what did we think? We, this is where we left off. What do we think of the hero, our hero and our heroine, Rahash and Liz? So I did not hate them. I, mean, <laughs> I didn't hate them. I was trying to understand them. Um, but Liz, like when you talked about Tiffany's basically like dying, like she was just so cut and dry. She was like, and that one's going to die. She ain't even waking up. <laughs> oh, shit. Like, and I was like, can we get a little humanity? <laughs> like a little yeah. bit? Um, but I was trying to understand, like, okay, she, this is her coping mechanism, and he really just does not understand humans, which makes mm-hmm. sense, like, I mean, based on where they are. Yeah. But, yeah, it was... I and didn't he's, like, them. not social at all, even yeah. with his own tribe. So you can see where, like, his social awkwardness really comes mm-hmm. out to the point where he's like, my only choice is to just pick your little unconscious ass up and <laughs> run away. And you're like... You're like no. Like, <laughs> but again, like, there's four women in the whole tribe. He's never... Yeah. In- he doesn't interact with them. Well, and then his own history with his parents yeah. and the whole yeah. rest thing and her hating yeah. him and like yeah. all this. So he's accustomed to this idea that your mate might not fucking like you. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. And she, Liz obviously doesn't like him. Like he's trying to like give her broth or like make her feel better or keep her comfortable or carry her or give her shoes. And she's like, fuck off. I hate you. <laughs> it's like, why though? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My fa- my moment where I knew I was going to love Rahash was where it opens in his perspective and he says, my queen's an idiot. <laughs> it wants the weak one. It wants the sick one. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. my God. I was like, I think I might love him. Yeah. He's like, the weak, sick, angry one is yeah. mine. Why? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. So, yeah. Liz, I sort of, I couldn't tell if I don't like Liz because she is sort of, I don't want to say abrasive, but she's very, like, she's like the blunt, spunky, in-your-face one. Like, she's going to tell it like it is. She's yeah. gonna like when she had that little round table with the girls they pulled out of the tubes, yeah. and she's like, "Look, you've been abducted. You need to shut up and get over it." I was like, "We have just yeah. let them let them whine a little bit." She has no patience for these girls. She's like, "Bitch, they just got here. They just got here." And I get it. They were in the tubes, and, or they were not in the tubes, and they had it a lot harder. To be fair, but she has no sympathy for these women yeah i think bobby and i talked about this one time we were like do you want to be one of the pot bitches or do you want to have gone through the whole thing and i was like personally i want to be a pot bitch i want to be completely healthy like no i'm coming out of there no i'll be in the pot i'll just as i come out like no fuck that oh yeah especially when you read what happens during the whole of the to the extra cargo women when they're like trapped with the evil alien oh yeah pot all the way even though we don't know how long some of them have been in there. If you read later in the series, they all learn that they're different. They all left at different years. Oh, is, my oh God. Shit. It's not a major thing. It's just like a dropped line, which is, I guess I should have said I'm spoiling it. Sorry. It's not a major thing, but they like all realize like that they came from like they their last remembered year. Like some were from 2014. Some are like 2016. It's kind of funny. So oh, 
<laughs> like just kind of the bonkerness of the way that this is written though, where you're just like, you're going to drop that in there. By the way, they've been in here for years. Like what the fuck? Yeah. What? <laughs> like, How much time have you lost? Yeah. yeah. Right. So Rahash. So yeah, Liz, she's probably the most, I was going to say most like adapt, like, uh, I can't think of the word adapted to the, because she her father is a hunter and she talks oh, about how right. they went hunting all the time. So like when they're killing that giant Sakats, she's like, it's like just like a really big deer. She's like yes. unflappable. She's yeah. like the killing and the hunting and the this is how we gotta make it do. So I don't know. The narrator who does her voice also, I've learned she does a different like lilt for each of the women. And I think maybe I just don't like her Liz voice. Her uh, Harlow voice, yeah. I like. Yeah. yeah I like I her like Harlow, Harlow voice. voice. Yeah. Yeah. Her Georgie voice with that twang. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> that Southern. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It could so be, fun. I just don't like her Liz voice. So, yeah. so yeah. So at the beginning in the last book, we know one of the men resonated and they were keeping quiet. So in this book, we learn it's Rahash resonating to Liz. So he resonates right off, but Liz doesn't know what's happening. Yeah. Right. Well, also yeah. like the language thing where they can get the language dump and Rahash got the language dump, but oh, he's yes. like, he didn't. Yeah. And she has no idea that that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my well, and my favorite part was like that he starts like resonating or whatever, right? And then she's and then Georgie's like, who is that? And then it goes quiet. <laughs> like he doesn't want anyone to know. So and so like at one point Liz is like, I think he's like attracted to me, but he's not purring. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Because yeah. that's what they're supposed to do. So she's super confused too. Because mm-hmm. she's like, he's not vibrating or purring or whatever. Yeah. So she thinks he's just staking a claim for someone to have sex with. Like she's yeah. like that's why I think that's where a lot of her resentment comes from, but it comes through strong. Her oh, resenting yeah. him, her resenting not having a choice, all of that, like, it's just, like, very heavy the first few chapters where she's, yeah. like, fighting against her her own attraction because her queer or whatever is, like, resonating to him immediately. Yeah. And she's like, what the, what the hell? <laughs> she's like, I don't want this one either. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he and isolates her. Yeah, and that's the thing for for the whole book, like, is Liz just fighting against not having, she didn't have a choice to get abducted, she didn't have a choice to get the, the coup, she didn't have a choice to who she resonated with, and, like, you, I kind of get, which is why I can't be mad at her, like, yeah. I'd be pissed and probably bitchy, too, if I was in that situation, yeah. so... Because yeah. imagine coming from our period where we get to pick our men, or we're supposed to be able to, right? Yeah. And, like, all this stuff happens, and then all of a sudden, like, you have no choice in anything. You're just, like, yeah. stuck, have to adjust. Yeah. And yeah. no one has the empathy for you because they're, like, this is normal. And you're, like, no, it's fucking not. You're, <laughs> yeah. 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 Although, I'm going to say, with men right now on Earth, I'm fine if a giant blue alien wants to pick me up, <laughs> and that's my faded mate, and he wakes me up with oral sex. Like, I'm fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Oral sex <laughs> and all the pheromones. Yes. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> They love that stuff, man. Um, we also sort of, you hinted at this, we also learned that Rahash has a scarred face and it's mm-hmm. sort of the result of the, like, this tragic backstory. So he overhears Liz talking with some of the other girls and she says that Rahash is scarier than most. And I did feel a little bit of like, oh, because he, she doesn't know, he, like as you said, he doesn't, she doesn't know he can understand her. And so that line like kind of like sticks with them, but it sort of hurts him. And he's like, oh, she thinks I'm ugly. And it's like, yeah. oh, that's and, he, and he talks about how because there's only like four women in their whole tribe that he's never been with anybody because like book one Vectal has been with other women because he's yeah. the chief of course he's been with somebody yeah um, and then that he's never been with anyone because he's like when they can choose from anyone why would they pick a scarred one yeah and that like I think that lends some empathy to him and why he just fucking ran off with her you know yes. like he was like full on Gollum he was just like mine I gotta go <laughs> <laughs> 
So let's get to that, I guess. Let's just jump, because that's where the story, I feel like, really kicks up. So actually, you know what? Let's go before that. Sorry, I'm kind of all over the place, because there's so much to talk about. I want to say I've read almost all of these books, and I've read about them having to get the coup. This is the one that felt the most like body horror. Like when they describe like, like she doesn't want it. He comes back with this alien, holds her down and slips it in. And it's like, it's kind of, it's like yeah. horror almost. Like she's yeah. getting a parasite she yeah. doesn't want. It was kind of traumatizing. Yeah. It was. Well, cause she feels it go in. Like she didn't want it. She was fighting him. He pins mm-hmm. her down and then he cuts her. Cause that's how cuts it has to throat. get in. Yeah. yeah. Well, not cuts her throat, but he like I mean, nicks her neck. And it's, I mean, that's terrifying to have a blade come to your neck. Can you yeah. imagine? And then you feel something hot. Like, like we <laughs> oh, no. Oh, and she's watched all the other women who get it, like, completely just, like, go unconscious and drop after they get it. So she's already, like, freaked out, as anyone would be. Yeah. And she's like, okay, I'm leaving. I'll figure it out. Bye. And, like, turn, like, (laughs) she's like, gotta go. This is not for me. Yeah. I'm like, where are you going to go, sweetie? Like, where are you going? But I like that she acknowledges it. She's like, I know I'm probably going to die. I don't know where I'm going. I know this is a bad plan, but no. <laughs> yeah. No, she just, she panicked. She panicked. And yes. she didn't know what else to do except right. move away. And yeah. he was like, nope. Women have like hit the floor, passed yeah. out. None of them have come back to consciousness. Right. So they could all be dead, of course. So she's like, well, fuck it. I'm going to die from that thing anyway. So why yeah. do it? Yes. So. Yeah. It's just, they have to do this a lot. And a lot of the books is like more women join and like every, or anytime there's a baby, they have to do it too. So as you see, every time you hear it described, it's like, this is the most like body horror one. So she drops out. So he hides, he picks up and he hightails her to one of his secret hunter caves. And this is where I really like, even as bad as a kidnapping was when he like bathes her and starts exploring her is where I got a little iffy and like looking yeah. at her third nipple. Oh my <laughs> God. I, like, I didn't need that to be perfectly but honest. he doesn't actually do anything sexual. Like yeah, he, he does, does yeah. wash her and he, he looks cause how can you not? <laughs> but like, cause I, okay. Cause I don't, I don't want to keep referring to book one, but like book no, one was okay. straight up goes down on her. Straight up. Now, mind you, she's the one who threw the poop bucket on the prison guard, so she smells like actual shit. And she, he's like, <laughs> he's like, let me get up in there. And I was like, I don't know, man, wash it first, like just a little bit. <laughs> right. But I'm like, at least Liz didn't wake up to that. I think that one is worse. And like, yeah, he's not as bad as Vectal straight up going down on an unconscious woman. But yeah. it was, it did skeeve me out a bit. But he does bathe her, and he like resets her toes and it's a real trial for him yeah yeah oh, yeah and then he goes and like vomits because he just can't like handle like hurting his partner and I was yeah like, oh. setting a bone on a person that's a oh, woof, woof. yeah it's gonna be bad yeah, but he's yeah. Gonna be, it didn't bother him but because it was his mate like yeah yeah, yeah. well because yeah he says i've set bones before i've set tons of bones before and like it's caused the idea of causing her pain i think that really makes him yeah he loses cookies he does like he's really so we learned that he can't for him, it's a really big deal because he doesn't have a family and you can't have kids in this tribe unless you resonate because they do not produce the seed to impregnate anyone unless they're resonating. Yeah. Yeah. So this is really his one chance for a whole family. He's got a lot of hopes pinned on, on Liz. Yeah. yeah. And poor Liz is like, I don't even know if I want kids. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, I haven't made that choice yet. Yeah. Because yeah. they're all super young. They're all 22. They're 22. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, I mean, 22 is pretty young to be like, yeah, put a baby in me. Like, uh, uh. Maybe date a little bit. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I 
also don't know like the research the other aliens had to put in to make sure every girl they were getting was 22 like on the dot yeah yeah that was <laughs> those other aliens were freaking creepy man i don't know how they found everybody that was 22 because it was so specific 22 lives alone no family nearby and you're just like god damn right in good like, health probably fertile like you know and it oof. yeah i don't know yeah there was some there was some research going in so so he she comes back and like she doesn't want to give in. She refuses to give in to the residents when they first <clears throat> are alone together, which I love as a conflict thing because it's basically them just talking about how horny they are and how they refuse. Yeah. Oh my! When she, to do when anything about it in front of him, and she's That's just like, awesome. "This isn't for you. I don't want to do this with you, but also don't move because goddamn, it's doing something for me." And she and he's like, "Oh, cool. Is this parting the like the mating wooing thing <laughs> where like I jerk off in front of you, you masturbate in front of me?" Oh. Is that how you read it? Because I read it as him as being like, oh, well, if you're going to do that in front of me, I'm going to do this in front of you, like a challenge, like an angry. At one point he was like, oh, is this part of like the thing that Bechtol was talking about? Or was that something else? Well, I know she that. She confuses the shit out of him. So Yeah, <laughs> no, I know for sure. Like he thinks that saying no and like yes. saying what you don't want is part of the mating ceremony. Yeah. Um, well, because at one point, like later on, doesn't she like grab his head and she's like, don't lick my pussy. And she like and throws she his head down there. And she's like down. holding him down there. Like, right. don't do it. And he's like, okay. <laughs> but again, this whole time, she has no clue he understands her. So I think she's saying no for herself more than anything. But yeah. like, <laughs> but wants it, but is fighting herself. And he, he's just, poor thing. Yeah. It's yeah. a great, like, segment of, of chapters where, like, they're not having sex, but they're both super horny. Yes. And, like, trying to figure out how to get relief without having sex. Yeah, and can we yeah. talk about how hard when they resonate, they vibrate? Like, her whole chest is bouncing. I was like, I did not think it was this level. I thought it was, like, cat purring level of vibration. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, bouncing. And can you imagine these people, like, walking around, just, like, bouncing around, <laughs> resonating, like, walking around, like, I can't. I cannot. I was, like... Smelling of sex. Because right. you know they just smell like sex already, <laughs> Like, All the time. Yeah, because everything just yeah. starts ramping up. Yeah. Yeah. No, because like the mutual masturbation scene I just thought was funny because it's like they both seem kind of pissed off during it, but also like like it's clearly a challenge, I think, on her. Because she's doing it and she says his name and he walks in right at that time. And she's like, No, you can't have yeah. this. You can't do this. So she keeps going and he's like, Well, if I can't have that, I'll just see to my own. And he whips it out in front of her. Yeah. And we know he's super huge and just yeah. starts going to town. And it's just like them angrily, like handling each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, think I, I love that scene. Actually. I, I actually love it because they're so angry. Like they're both so mad about like their, their attraction, the, that they're faded mates and that they can't fight this, but somehow they still want to fight. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So I'm trying to remember what they do after that. To like her like DIY crafting spree where she's like trying to make pants out of the skirt he gave her and stuff. She makes the pants because she wants to make a bow, and that's what gets them outside, right? Yeah, and she's yeah. trying to escape, right? Or so that's her well, plan. Eventually, her yeah. plan is to escape. So she's like, if I can make these pants and if I can make a bow, then I can like. Yeah, and he's yeah. like purposely withholding shoes. Yeah. So that walk <laughs> away. <laughs> yes. Like, if I give her shoes, I'm pretty sure she's going to run. And I think this is where, like, he starts to kind of um, get to know a little more about her. Yeah. Where he's like, oh, look, like, how industrious she is, I guess, and how, like, independent she is. He can tell yes. she's stubborn and independent, and he yes. likes that about her because he is, too. Yeah. Um, 
he has that really cute line where he's like, she's very stubborn, which is good because I'm very stubborn. Together we'll make very stubborn kids. I'm like, that's kind of cute. Yeah, that, I, yeah, <laughs> I highlighted that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I feel like, like most stubborn people don't look for other stubborn people, though, because they're just like, it's going to be a struggle. And I really just want to, like, bulldoze you. <laughs> that's how I want it to go. Well, but I feel like. I don't know. I feel like their entire relation, like if we saw their entire relationship, it's just the continuation of like the angry masturbating. It's like fight and then like, <laughs> like make up sex, I guess, or angry sex. Yeah. I don't know. And that's just like the whole of their relationship is them just pressing each other's buttons. Yeah, so yeah, so yeah. she decides to go out and make a bow. And like, why does she decide she, they do something because he goes down on her while they're out in the woods. Right. Yeah. So she decides that, um, She's going to make a bow, but she doesn't have any supplies. And she's like looking at his spears that he has because it's a hunting lodge. So she's like cave, and <laughs> like looking at his spears and stuff. Lodge, yeah. yeah, it's not a lodge, guys. It's a cave. So, like, and when she looks outside, because he won't take her outside, because he keeps leaving to go hunting, and she's like, "Can't I come with you?" And he's like, just walks off, like, "Nah." Yeah. Uh, so she's like, "Okay." So she steals his boots. And then she goes outside and she's just looking at the horizon. She sees something that could be trees that are like, they're like waving. So she's like, oh, it might have enough like flexibility and strength to make a bow. So she was like walking out there to check it out. But then it like, it doesn't work out. And he knows that she left. So he just gets up and follows her. And then she goes to the water. And then when she gets to the water, the the whole, the creature fish thingies are in the water. Like, he pulls her back, and he's like, saves her, and then she's just, like, so turned on, and he's touching her, and it's she's a fucking goner. She's like, you gotta go down on me. That's it. And Plus this is where she discovers he speaks English, because he says, mine. And she's yeah. so hot and bothered at one point, it doesn't hit her until later. She's like, what the fuck did she say? <laughs> yeah, I did the same thing, and I was like, oh, okay. And then, yeah, because I think she, like, makes him stop at that point. Like, she starts, like, pushing him away, and she's yeah. like, wait, and like, wait a minute. She gets an orgasm first. Yes. Because that's right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> But then, like, like she has the orgasm, and then, like, it hits her. She's like, wait, what the fuck did you just say? And she, like, pulls his horn to, like, pull him off of her because he's still down there. Yeah. And then he's, she, like, he's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's like, you never asked me if I could understand you. You just assumed. So I just went with it. I was like, this motherfucker. Like, you know, you're an ass. <laughs> like, she's like, I wouldn't have said all that stuff. And then she starts to, like, replay all the shit she's been saying yeah. to him. And she's yeah. like, oh, shit. She's like, no wonder he's confused. Yeah. Yeah, well, like you said, she's also been keeping, like, a running commentary of, like, all of her plans. She's like, I'm just going to be nice to you. And then when you turn away, I'm getting the fuck out of here. So, like, she's not very subtle. No. No, no not she at all. She thinks if she says it with a smile, it's going to be fine. And, like, it's funny because, like, her smiling freaks him out. He's like, what are you up to? Yeah. <laughs> and she scowls at him. He's like, there we go. Yeah. I know that girl. Yeah. 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 Oh, anytime she's, like, overtly nice, like, when the other hunters come and join them and she's being all sweet to him, he's like, what the fuck is wrong? <laughs> she's up like, to something i don't know this girl <laughs> yeah Gosh. yeah which i love when they come because in the whole thing that whole scene well just, it's like, funny because i feel like liz's character needs an adversary so when it when the other hunters come and she realizes that they're going to take something from her that she doesn't or she's take they're going to take a choice from her right because she's like yeah. pretty happy right now she doesn't want to necessarily go with them and then be separated from rahash once she has someone else to, like, get under their skin and needle them, she's like, oh, great. I can be nice to Rahash and <laughs> She's like, I have another adversary. You've got to break, boo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because after that, they do sort of, like, they have their little back and forth, but they do eventually, like, give in to the resonance. 
and they yeah. sort of he's like oh we're mate right away she's like yeah this is still just for funsies like yeah. and he sort of rolls his eyes and he's like sure he's and then like, you're gonna get pregnant so whatever <laughs> yeah yeah he's like she's like I never said I was your mate and he's like okay sure so yeah. they do that for a while and they have their little like idyllic little living but then Hayden I never know if it's Hayden or Hayden the asshole one they and say- Ahako oh. yeah do they really <laughs> Yeah, the female character calls him Hayden, and the male narrator calls him Hayden. So I don't know which one it is. Maybe that's why I can never get it straight. I have to go listen to his book and see how it's see if they come to a consensus. Either way, it's it's Hayden and Hayden. I just oh. listened to. It. But Georgie is also Shorshi, so I mean, yeah. maybe it's just like the aliens say it one way and humans say it another. It could be just can't form the right. thing. Oh, that yeah. would that would be genius if we like we went to that level with the pronunciation. <laughs> Well, that's what it comes down to is that the narrators are in two separate rooms. I'm pretty sure they've never met each other. And they just decide. Because can you imagine even trying to do this with somebody else in the room? Like, (laughs) (laughs) well, I'm sure this has to be a director, right? Like the director, the producer is sitting there listening to you talk about as an alien, this woman's nectar or whatever. (laughs) Like, uh-huh, and just checking those levels. No you just got to be like, you know what? Yeah, let's go with it. God. I mean, he seems, I'm talking about the narrator. I think it's like he loves it. Like, I think he knows his voice is a good, like, romance erotic voice. And mm-hmm. he, like, does it earnestly, wholeheartedly, which is why I also kind of love him even more. So, yeah. 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 He's, he's embraced it. Set up a date with you and uh, <laughs> the narrator? Do we need to make this happen? I would love an interview, yeah, like, if like you, a little bit, like yeah. Let's get an interview with like the people who do the voices. Like, just just what goes through your mind as you're developing yeah. these characters? That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, Hayden and Ahako come and sort of crash their little party. I kind of love Ahako here because he's so laid back. He's like, yeah, he's just he's just he's being a dick because he's resonating. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like he's just cranky. We know how Rahash is, but like. I, how come I feel like it gravitates to the most like prickly people? Uh-huh. <laughs> Although I don't think Hayden was always prickly because like Hayden's story is pretty sad, right? Yeah, but like sad. Um, he knows that Rahash is cranky all the time. He knows that Hayden's cranky all the time. And he's like, oh, look, another cranky person. Hey, friend. <laughs> I, I, so wait, Ahako is not book three? My Ahako is book three, yeah. Oh, okay. Book three. Okay. It's just you yeah. find out more about Hayden because they're like best friends. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I we have noticed a pattern when we read books is I always fall for the book the third character in the series every time. The third book oh, is my yeah. favorite, and Ahako, I am so ready for his book. Like I just can't wait to listen to it. But I couldn't do it before we did this because I forget. So <laughs> I'm just like dying because I love him. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, no, no. Best. Definitely listen to book three. You're gonna love yeah. it. A lot happens in book three. A lot yeah. happens in book three. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's very okay. plot heavy. Ahako is possibly like one of my favorite of the aliens just because like he's like so chill and he's just like so happy-go-lucky and like when he had that conversation with liz about spur and like what balls are for oh my god (laughs) (laughs) i was sex ed with aliens that was was hilarious and she was just like uh well they store the sperm and he was like he's like wait what (laughs) and then i'm mad we don't get to hear whatever it is he was gonna say next because he apparently had some argument against that yeah on that liz is the one who sets him up to make a Anatomically correct, accurate to life bone dildo to give to Kira. Yep. yep. Yeah. Oh yep. my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And that's, 
Because she's such an asshole. She was like, <laughs> it's part of the makeup ritual. Make her, you know, a replica of your penis. And he was and like, goes, oh, yeah, okay, I can do that. And I'm just, oh. oh and you can see why that would make perfect sense to them. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Of course. Yeah, so yeah. she knows what she's doing. You know? And Lizzie's I mean, just like, you're welcome, Kira. I mean, <laughs> this is like the old school version of a dick pic. Like, you get it in advance. You see, like, you can make, like, determinations. Is this worth going into it? You don't have to do like, any comparison shots. Like, right. is it next to something? <laughs> right. Like, it's just true to life. This is what you're dealing with. <laughs> like, make your decision. Down to the veins and everything. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh well... And he just, you know, he has to sit there, like, with his cock out, like, comparing yeah. it. <laughs> Can you imagine a man putting a sharp instrument next to his cock while he's trying to carve this thing? What if he slips? What yeah. if he I kind of oh, can. I mean, like, some guys really love their own dick. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was, yeah. I was like, I can 100% imagine multiple <laughs> men doing this if we said we wanted it. Like, that, they are just so proud of it. And sometimes <laughs> I'm like, but why, though? But, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, no, I highlighted that because uh, it's just, you know, like, bold to being ashamed of their body. This is true. <laughs> this is true. Because a hako is sort of shocked to hear men, human men do not have spurs. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, man. So, I don't know. I did not mean us to send down this. Send us no, down that. It's, no, let's talk about the spur a little bit. There's a part, right, where she sees the spur and she asks him, like, how it feels to have it touched and he's like I don't know it doesn't really feel like anything and she's like come on it's gotta be something and like cause she's a little bit of curious. A, a curious I don't know person and she ends up like licking it and, and he's like oh shit and it <laughs> blows his mind and I'm like what part of like like what analogous part on a man would have the same effect do you think that his like prostate gland is actually more attached to the spur or something oh. that to the because you know how like for men like if you hit that butthole right. <laughs> like, you know, it, it, it stimulates that gland so do you think it's something similar like maybe I have not yeah, thought about now. this before <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what it could be our <laughs> well because like we know it sort of like serves as stimulation right yeah yeah and it's made of yeah. cartilage which we learn yeah. in the ice home series. Oh, so yeah. that's, that's a spoiler, I guess. I don't, yeah. People, okay. And I don't know what it's for because their own women don't have a clitoris. Yeah. Right? So, who, so yeah. what the fuck is it for? Like, it works as a tickler for human women, <laughs> but what, <laughs> what is it for on, like, on their body? Because it's supposed to serve a, a purpose, right? I don't know. We, we learn like, in the later books. And I don't want to, like, spoil that surprise for you. But we do learn because uh, another alien comes and, like, a more advanced alien comes. He's like, no, this is what all this is about. Oh. So, what okay. book is that? What, what book number? Um, let me look up the book. I can tell you the book number. That's the problem. Like I've read all these things and like, this is my legacy now. Like I have a deep lore <laughs> of Dixon's Planet Barbarian series. So like, I was like, oh yeah, she, she addresses that. It's Farley's book. And they get busy. I'm curious. I am like curious about like what what is it for? Like yeah. yeah. Well, and I have I have questions about another body part. Um, well, not questions, but like observations. The tail. Uh huh. I totally forgot they had fucking tails. I and forget all the time. <laughs> yeah. Until like at one point he's sitting there irritated and he's like thumping his tail, <laughs> dying because it's my cat does that shit when you don't pet <laughs> me. And I was like, oh god. But then like. He like the fact that they were gonna have um, sex like doggy style basically right and like Liz tells her like do it from the back and then he acts like butcher a tail and I'm like 
do you not know that all fucking animals have sex in this position and the tail does not get in the way? Like, I'm not understanding why their tail right, was <laughs> yeah. going in the way during that. Oh, yeah. Maybe, okay. But then he does but use his tail as, like, tail a third appendage. moves a lot. And they, yeah, because he uses it to, like, grab a branch and, like, hide his, his trail in the snow but or whatever, right? But monkeys do? Wait, no, that's Ihaco. Somebody uses it. Somebody does it to, like, to, like yeah. hide their... The tail confuses me because in the first book, when, like, Georgie grabs him by the tail in front of, like, all those hunters, she, like, it's it's like she gave him a handy in front of everyone. Right, So yeah. I'm like, well, like, it's the way... It's all later. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then he, Rahash, uses it to, like, stimulate her clit at one point. At the end. Well, because yeah. she was moaning, trying to get people out of the cave. And she was yeah, like, oh, she was being another shit tail. And then, <laughs> yeah, and he's like, well, I'm going to do something with him. I'm slap that clit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> does this work? Also, we don't know if, like, what does the end of their tail look like? Yeah, I wasn't. Is it like a, the tufted thing, like a lion? That's what I, was like, I picture it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, because you know how in Avatar, because I I picture them oh, all Avatar. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, is it like Because you know how theirs is more like, it's basically their their sex organ, right? But like they hook it up to shit. So I'm like, what is what does the end of the tail look like? So I'm just gonna to go with like a little tuft of fur or something. <laughs> There are a lot of physical features they have that I sometimes forget they have until I'm reminded of it. Like, it just, it's not good for, like, I guess the fantasy. Like, their fingers, they have, like, four fingers. <laughs> the plating in the ridges, I forget about that a lot. The yeah. horns, sometimes I forget about the horn. Like, I think, like, kind of spiraled, but apparently they're, like, every, like, like elk or something. I don't know. And so, look, I was picturing them up, like, um, like a steer. Mm-hmm. And then... In the next book, they were the rant. Then I was like, oh, okay, they're this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So maybe and then they some do. Some of the just... covers are different where I'm like, oh. yeah. So I'll be like, okay, I guess each male has like his own style. But like, until, unless she puts it in the book and like, I because I just picture seven foot tall blue men and then I forget about all the extraneous yeah. stuff. The yeah. blue stuff, it, I always remember they're blue. I always remember they're fuzzy, but I forget <laughs> about like a lot of their other stuff where I'm like, huh? Yeah, I can't yeah. imagine what their hands look like. Is it like Mickey Mouse? Now I'm. Like, well, they're thick and they have like only like they, I just picture like really maybe that's why they don't do a lot of fingering in this book because like they're really yeah. like thick and like they got big knuckles. I feel like they're blunter than human oh, hands yeah. and broader. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we could really, really dig in the weeds on just the appearance. So yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. but yeah, Hayden and Ahako bring them back because Rahush has to face the music. Rahash has yeah. to face the music. I keep mispronouncing yeah. its name. So, and this is, I was kind of annoyed because Ahako tells Liz the story again that, um, about, um, Rahash's parents and Liz acts like this is brand new information. Like she didn't know his parents were dead, even though he told her in the cave, yeah, my parents are dead and Mm -hmm. I don't have any family. So I was like, Liz, pay attention. But But um, this is about like the exile. I think she was just trying to get more details that maybe like the fact that his dad was exiled. He didn't tell her that or like what he was exiled for. And let's talk about that, because that's pretty. That's a pretty horrifying story. So his dad resonated to his mother, but she did not want to go with him. The chief mm-hmm. said, well, you don't have to live together, but you do have, residents cannot be denied. That's, that was a, t- there was a t-shirt from this series. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. Residents cannot be denied. He's like, you have to have the baby, but you don't have to stay with them. So they resonate. They, and then, I don't know. They have Rahash. And then the dad wants another baby. With well, her. resonance happens again. So it's yeah. not really he wants it. It just happens again. Yeah. And, and so, she doesn't want to, like, she doesn't want to live with him. Right. right? She doesn't love He's him. just she like, he wants to live with her. 
yeah, when they resonate again, he kidnaps both. Her name is Daya, Daya and mm-hmm. Rahash, and then they go out in the woods where she has the where she has another baby that we don't know what happened to, and then Rahash gets returned to the tribe a few, I'm going to say months, even though we know technically it's not months, it's space. A few months later, he's been severely injured and yeah. his father goes back out into the woods. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, his father is like, exiled. definitely exiled for kidnapping. Yes. Both mm-hmm. her and the babies, both babies. And like, I don't know if it happens to coincide with that sick or the sickness that like takes most of their women anyways. I don't know if like it's the same sickness that takes her and the the baby, but I think that it's probably that. She just like either that or depression, and she just oh well. I know I don't want to spoil it. I know, but like yeah, so they go off. You'll find out in the next book. Oh, Wait, no. no, you won't. No, you won't. Sorry, <laughs> that's book three. You'll find out in book four. Oh, okay. This is the thing I'm going to have to figure out. Like when I know too much about this series and I'm discussing it with people. That, that's and, why I could not do book three. I could not listen to it until we did this because I knew I would screw it up. Like yeah. I knew. Well, because a lot of the storylines kind of overlap, and you're like, yeah. "Wait, this happened at this time." And so, yeah. So I can see how, like, for you, where you're just like, "Oh yeah, that happens." Blah blah blah. Oh, that's explained, but because they all overlap. So yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. She builds. Well, I will say one. It's good storytelling because she builds like this world where it's like oh, this explains that, and they have a history, and blah, blah, blah. The other thing, it's probably great for marketing, because she just released the cover of her newest book, and, like, Mm -hmm. because she's already done so much work building up both of these characters in other books, you're like, oh, yeah, I need to see what happens, you know, to so-and-so and and -and so-and-so. So, So, yeah, I'm already going to pre-order it. You got it. Yeah, you've got me. (laughs) Here's my money. This is fine. the money, yeah. (laughs) So there was a pterodactyl on the – I tweet – you may have seen it. I, like – Scream tweeted about it. There's a pterodactyl in the cover of this one. Shit. I'm so excited. Like, I'm here for it. It's so fucking crazy. Like, I know it. So crazy. Because, like, when you try to explain it, so I, this, is, this is why I love that you're doing this podcast. Because <laughs> when you try to explain it to other people, you just get mad shade because they're like, they're what? They're blue and they're like aliens. And I'm like, no, like, I'm not like into that, but like, it's fun. It's like cool. And like, you know. Yeah. I've like, have you all read a lot of other like alien romance, like sci fi alien romances? Like a little bit of Grace Goodwin. A I've read bit some of hers. Of, yeah. Like a couple of other ones. Like, not a yeah. lot. Of all the ones I've read, I haven't read that many. I did also read Grace Goodwin. And there's something else like the Kindred Bride series or something. And like, this one is the most. Fun. It doesn't take itself. Ruby Dixon's. They don't take itself too seriously. Yeah. We started to read one that we were gonna do for the podcast, and I was like, Ellen, I can't do this. <laughs> kept, I was like, I'm not gonna because they kept just coming back too much into real life, too much into the trauma of the aliens dominating mm-hmm. Earth and mm-hmm. what they had done to people, and there was like rape scenes, and I was like, yeah. I, I can't yeah. do this. Like this is too much. Mm-hmm. Um, like I appreciated her content warning at the beginning of book one where she was like, look, I wrote this in 2015 and I thought that it was very edgy or whatever. And she's like, and then I realized that 2019, maybe this isn't fucking cool. What happens to yeah. Dominique and all that? Yeah. Uh, so I appreciated that note and that, and that it doesn't continue to happen throughout the series. Where were we on the plot? So yes, Ahako and Hayden take Rohash and Liz back and we learned. So, they have like one night, I guess, together. And then the next day, Vectal is like, I allowed you to say goodbye to your mate. You are hereby exiled. It, it is this dramatic, screaming separation <laughs> over the top scene where oh they have God. to like pry Liz off of him and he's like dragged <laughs> out, kicking yeah. and screaming. 
That is perfect. That is exactly what you expect from Liz at this point <laughs> for her. Yeah. The most fucking, the f- most, most like just, yeah. Just so extra. Mm-hmm. Always, always. Yeah. yeah. It was amazing. And I love that. Like she had no idea. And he was like, yeah, let's just, let's just take a nap. It's great. Oh yeah. Let's fuck again. So it was good. <laughs> and he doesn't tell her he, like Rahash is the worst fucking communicator ever where he does not tell her. Cause he knew, he knew he was going to be exiled. He knew that this was going to happen. He knew that Vectal had no choice, but to exile him. Right. I know he knew there was going to be probably some form of punishment. I don't know if he knew. Because I think he still thinks, like, resonance, you can't deny, you can't separate a resonance mate in there. You can't separate a family. And they're like, right. oh, well, we're doing it anyway. And so, right. yeah. And, and then he, especially she, if they willingly, if she willingly wants to be with him. Because everyone does sort of treat her like, all the women are like, you okay? Is he nice <laughs> to you? <laughs> like, they're checking no, in I on her. like, okay, Stockholm Syndrome, yeah. right? I think the yeah. other women are just like, well, he kidnapped you. You've been gone for, like, two weeks? A couple weeks? yeah. Because after the attack from the little monkey the, things, the things, yeah, those things, like it takes them like a week and a half to recover. So they've been gone for like two, three weeks. Oh, right. right. Oh, I totally oh, forgot him for that. <laughs> yeah. Like, you gotta go back. Liz falls in love with him because she had to care again for him. No, because like, yeah. yeah, that attack and he fell off the cliffside and he like broke his fucking back. I don't know what happened. Yeah, because he was going to like die for her because he'd rather them attack him than. Yeah. And then she, like, kidnaps their baby and, like, holds it hostage. <laughs> it's on the outline, and I totally forgot about, yeah, that scene. Those Metlek things are terrifying. Yeah, what yeah. the hell are they? Like, giant fur- demon Furbies? Like, what are these things? Yeah, they're like I, some kind of ape, sort of. Yeah, they're like, I just picture, like, a albino, like, ape or something. And every time they're brought up, the hunters talk about how they can, like, rip a man limb from limb. And I'm like, oh, my God. So, yeah, they're yeah. kind of scary. Yeah, and so he's all he does. He does his big dramatic. Leave me, leave me. She's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> she dresses. She says, shut the fuck up. No, yeah. she's the best. And then she like she makes the little um, carrier trawa thing or whatever, yeah. and like um, drags his heavy ass back to the back thing. to the cave. And then like care gives for him. She's hunting for him, like cook, you know, keeping them alive. Basically, I think that's where she falls in love because she's yeah. just like you need me. You let me do all the fun stuff that I want to do, and like yes. you know mm-hmm. she. Uh, gets to get that independence back. Yeah, and I was gonna say, I think because she gets to like finally feel useful because she gets mm-hmm. to do all the things that like she had learned with her dad mm-hmm. to survive mm-hmm. and like see, I can do this, mm-hmm. I can do yeah. what I need to do, and yeah. It was like probably the only time since being abducted she was in control of like what she was going to do, what was going to happen. We also yeah. know that she has to like masturbate all the time because they are still <laughs> resonating. And she yeah. doesn't want to climb on top of him. He's like, no, do it. It's fine. <laughs> like, yeah. And she's like, no, nah, that's not how broken bones work. <laughs> he's trying everything to get her in there. They do eventually while he's still kind of sick, given to resonance. And he's really happy about it. They're going to have a baby. He's already like, she tries to leave to hunt like the next morning. And he's like no, you can't because you may already be carrying my baby. Yeah. And she gets really defensive about that. He does have a good line. Like, I have to find it because Ruby Dixon is good at, like, the schmoopy lines. One of these kind of, where did it go? Come on, Kendall. All right. Before you arrived here in this world, I had nothing to live for. I hunted. I existed. I did not look forward to anything. But now you are here and you might be carrying my child even now. I know you are more than capable. The problem is not with you. It is with me. This world is dangerous. And I think of you alone out in the wild and it is more than I can bear. If I lose you, I have nothing. And so like (laughs) Ruby Dixon's like (laughs) big, like I love you monologues are just like, like they're really good. They're yes. really good. They're yeah. like very like mushy and they're 
these men are like so stoic all the time <laughs> and hearing them talk that way and it's like the stakes are super high and you're like yes. oh he loves her yeah. <laughs> like, this, this big scarred hunter man he's like i would lose everything it's like oh yes yeah <laughs> so and that's what sort of gets her to like okay fine i guess we can just stay in and keep having sex i guess yeah, yeah. i guess <laughs> so, <laughs> whatever <laughs> So can we talk? Okay, so Rahash gets exiled, mm-hmm. and he's very pathetic about the whole thing. Oh, he's <laughs> for her <laughs> like, to the point where he like starts losing weight. Like he's not eating. It's a guy, yeah, like, my guy. Also, you can see him like I don't know, perched up like fucking Batman, all depressed on the side. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, my mate. Like, yes. <laughs> and then um, she like tries to devise a way to get herself exiled with him, and yeah. like. Her whole plot oh, with Ihako, oh, this is also where I love Ihako, right? I loved, like, it. I loved it. Yeah, because she, I mean, she, her whole goal is just to piss everyone off, offend everyone she can, get all the girls angry about how fucked up mm-hmm. their situation the is. The one girl that, like, just stopped crying, she makes her cry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ariana. Yeah. yeah. Oh, poor crybaby Ariana. (laughs) Well, I think we learn later on that she, like, actually has anxiety, and so she doesn't have her meds. So she's having a hard time. She's having a hard time. So Ahako, like, on one trip, she makes two trips out there. On the first trip, Ahako just, like, accompanies her like like he's like a chap like not a chaperone but he's like well let me make sure you don't die i'll i'll get you up there so you can say hi to him and then the second time she like takes the knife from his waist and like holds him hostage and like yeah. like pointing him up this hill and eventually he just agrees to be taken yeah, hostage right. yeah <laughs> kind of guy Ahako is yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just like oh, okay i guess i can't yeah. move like <laughs> he's like do you think this will work he's like all right i'll help you out i'm sure yes. we'll for like i mean can you like put the knife down though like yeah. but <laughs> well he's like do hurt me if you think kira would like to play nurse maid like he's like don't hurt me unless you think she would like to <laughs> he's right. such a puppy dog with kira it was and great he's just like he just like lays down in the snow, like it cuts him. And I'm just like imagining him laying on his side, like drawing in the snow with his tail, and, like <laughs> chilling while they're talking. Well, one detail I remember is she said he is drawing obscene drawings in the snow, which makes me think he's just doing like that little kid, like circle, circle, uh, like the, <laughs> like he's just drawing dick drawings in the snow. Little rocket ships, like, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, God. oh, that's so cute. No, he was adorable. And then, like, I like I kind of understood, like, where Bechdahl was coming from, where he's like, we cannot set a precedent. Don't do that. And he's like, you're my friend, but I'm the chief, and I can't, like, set this example that it's okay to just kidnap these women and mm-hmm. until they resonate with you. Right. right. So I got that. Yeah. And then, like, she's like, no, I got to be with him. I can't, like, be here at all. She's like, I'm going to be a pain in the ass. She's like, ask him. I'm a pain in the ass. Like, yeah. Well, because at one point, isn't it brought up that one of the widowers sort of take her in and she gets yeah. heated? Yeah. And she starts, like, giving away the gifts that he got her. And, yeah. like, do and they explain later, maybe they do, how they keep expanding this cave? Because I'm like, how do you make enough room for all these oh, people? Oh, that's, that's like, number three. Okay, yeah. so they do explain how they, okay. Yeah. Because that was well, freaking me out. I was like, how do you expand? There's other caves that, yeah. that have, like, closed down, so they just, they reopen uh, them. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And I think what also happened was people who used to have like like a single hunter who would have had his own cave. Now we've got all these people. They're they have to bunk like 
in groups now. So only families get their own game at some point. Mm-hmm. So with yeah. no doors, everybody eats everything. Literally. Yeah, they're not shy yeah. about it. There's a yeah. bathing pool in the middle of the, the like the main cave. So I don't think anyone's shy about like the sex that they're having at all. Yeah. No. It's just, excited about it. So I have a question for you. You are now on the ice planet. What is your role in the tribe? What is your skill that you bring to the tribe to help? Oh god. the community I think I would be like some kind of forager like I would be a cook like I would try and like help get like I don't know like look for like look for berry look for edible plants and just increase the food stores and then help cook that would be my role because I have I have some fairly decent cooking skills on earth on earth I can follow a cookbook I don't know (laughs) that I could do beyond that um I don't I mean, I'm a teacher in real life, so maybe something with education, something with, like, teaching people or bringing people. I, maybe, like, that's probably about all I could what do. What would you teach them? Curse words. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. They, you know what? They are befuddled by fucking curse words, so yeah, that could actually be handy. Really, yeah. <laughs> slang. Yeah, like, I'm any like, kind of slang throws them off immediately. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, I think because this frustrated me in the first book that they had no, like, mythology or no history from their people. And I was like, why? I mean, if you had all this technology, whatever, like, it felt like Atlantis to me. Like, mm-hmm. if we know about Atlantis, this made-up place, right, which maybe it's real, whatever, Um how do they not know any of their history? How has none of like, even has mythology been passed down? How, so I think my, like what I would teach maybe might be the history, like going to that ship and like learning about things and like bringing that stuff back to them. And Oh, I'm the historian. I love it. The tribe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm a sociologist now close enough. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. so in this scenario, is there a possibility of getting some sort of knowledge dump from the, the ship in order to be more useful? Cause I don't fucking know. I'm a lab tech. <laughs> I work in a lab. <laughs> like, what am I gonna do here? I don't know because I like I have uh, zero survival skills. I cannot do the fucking cold. Can you make clothes? I can't. I'm not creative. You don't want me making your clothes. No, nah, man. Like, okay. <laughs> like Liz trying to sew some pants. I'm like, my pants would be the ones that split right in the fucking middle. Like, I ran out of material. I don't know what happened. <laughs> like, sorry. Because like I'm like I. Because uh, you're talking about, like, plants and stuff like that. And I'm like, there's so many plants that could kill you, actually, like, on Earth, right? Yeah. So, like, I'm, like, imagining, like, mushrooms and shit. There's only certain mushrooms you can really eat. Other mushrooms will kill you or give you a fun ride. I don't know. It's a fun <laughs> ride, right? Like, I don't know. And then, like, does, doesn't someone find some sort of root vegetable that they start using to make hash yes, browns? Like, yeah. Like that? Mm-hmm. I, that was pretty cool. I would probably be down for that. Yeah. But, like. I'm, like, afraid to grab something that's, that's, like, possibly poisonous. And it doesn't sound like they've tried a lot of other edible plants other than just, like, I'm, like, there's got to be a reason they eat a lot of meat. All the time. I don't know, man. I don't know. You can teach them how to farm? Like, I don't know. Do you want to teach them how to cultivate on an ice planet? (laughs) I mean, mean, like, the only berries they have they wash with, so they must taste terrible. So terrible Well, because i was like yeah. clearly like something's growing there right so there's gotta That's be a true. way to cultivate food there yeah. might be actually you know what i could maybe get into some aquaponics or something one of the girls in the later books is a hairdresser and she's just like i got nothing i can braid your hair like <laughs> you know what and feeling pretty is, is helpful like yes. that is a service that we all need yeah especially during those like bitter months or whatever can you imagine like everybody's in the cave together with fucking nothing to do like that's probably something you could do every time they bring that up like where the snows get so bad that they're stuck in the caves all day i get like 
claustrophobic, like resi- like secondhand claustrophobic. The idea of yeah. staying in these caves all day, surrounded by people just having sex all the time. Like if you're not already made it, having yeah. sex all the time and you're like just sitting there by yourself trying not to be like this weird, awkward there. Oh God. See, yeah. we need we need entertainment. That's what yeah. we also need. Yeah. So somebody needs to yeah. entertain somebody, us. Somebody needs to something to distract. So, yeah. 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 So so yes. So I thought that was just a fun question. So they end up after she takes a Hako hostage. Yeah. Um, they end up working on a deal where they are both quote unquote exiled from the case. They have to hunt for two years or two seasons, whatever they call it, and bring back enough food to feed their growing tribe. And they're both right. like, cool, we'll do that. Yeah. yeah. She's beyond cool. Let's do that. She's like, this is the best exile yes. ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, you could not. She doesn't want to be with everybody. She's yeah. like, no, no. Yeah. This is like the best thing you could have done. This is like a reward for bad behavior for her. <laughs> like, it's like, did you see what Roxanne Gay tweeted out? She was like, she got in trouble for reading in class. So the teacher sent her out in the hall with a book as punishment. She's like, this is what I was doing. Like, thanks. <laughs> right. And that's why I was like, this is like suspension. Like, yeah. yeah. Go. For three days, don't come to school because you were bad. Like, what? Oh, okay. okay, like sure. works for me. Yeah. So and so and then the idea is when she gets to the point where she needs to have her baby, they will be allowed to come back into the main cave and have their child. So yeah, yeah, she's pretty stoked. They have sex again one final night in the cave before they leave, and then yeah. that's sort of our happily ever after. Yeah, 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 and yeah. I was like, I don't even know if I want to add it, but the fact that they could be pregnant for three years. We don't know. Oh, God. We don't know how long they're going to be I don't think it's three years for them, but like. Oh, God. I was like, oh, Lord Jesus. But yeah. Well, that's why Bechtel is extra mad at him. He's like, we don't know how they would have responded to the coup. Like, Kui, like, what if she had needed help and you just like yeah. whisked her away somewhere and she couldn't get to a healer? So, like, he's mm-hmm. totally valid. And you could feel like he, he feel, he, he has to, he has to be in charge. He has like such yeah. boundaries with these men because yeah. they're all yeah. very hopeful. There's yeah. so many of them. Like that's just oh, no, man. like oh man, no. And like actually, even even with adding twelve, wait, where are we? Are we at twelve? Or are we at thirteen? How many women? I do think we it's have? twelve. I think they had their because they had oh maybe well they had six in the pod. Yeah. I think I think it's twelve. I don't know what the starting number was, but I do think okay. they have, they have twelve. Yeah. So, okay. okay. But I mean, like even with that many, there's thirty two people. There's thirty two of them. Only four of them are, are of mating age women. And then, like, the rest, like, that's still a lot of dudes without, like, anybody yeah. at all. And, like, like or even of, somebody. Yeah. And I think three of those mating age women were already resonated. So there's only, yeah. like, one or two who are actually, like, who they feel comfortable having any kind of, like, relation with. So yeah. Yeah. relations. I'm a 50-year-old grandmother, I guess. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, yeah, it's. It's wild. I'm, I will say the split up, even though it was very well done, that's sort of my anti-trope. Like, when they were both pouting, like, that was the low point of the book for me. Like, I hate it when, like, people are pouting about how much they want to be with the other. Like, when she started kidnapping people, quote-unquote, that's when it got fun again. I was like, okay, we're doing something about it. They're just sitting yeah. there whining about how, like, they took my man. I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was not a fan because, like, she. it just seemed like she was being very unfair to, like, Georgie and shit, where Georgie's like, I'm – trying bitch <laughs> like I was really trying and you just like chill out a little bit and like yeah, yeah no I see where the like, other people in the book were coming from more so than Liz but then when yeah. she was like you know what I'm just gonna take this full hostage I was like that's hilarious do it like, yeah. Yeah. that was the best well because Kira has this moment where she's like we need you to not fuck this up for us because if they get sick of us and decide to just ditch us we, we're screwed 
Yeah. So Kira's like, you need to cut the shit and get it together. Yeah. 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 Get your life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <It's a big laughs> Be a team player, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. so, oh, so I had this as a question, but it feels like, I feel like I know the answer. Are you going to continue reading this series? I'm, I'm not going to continue. Okay. Cause I did listen to the episode where you all were debating like audiobooks versus like book, like reading books. I'm not going to read. I'm going to listen, which is still considered reading, but yes. I'm going to listen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I um, love the audio performances. Yes. They're so yes. good. Cause I, I physically read the, the second book so I could take my notes and like, be uh-huh. present. but I'm going to listen to the rest of them. <laughs> It's, it's such an experience. It's so much fun. Like, I work graveyard shifts, so, like, driving home in the morning is really hard. And I've been listening to, like, binge listening to the books because it just – it's so engaging and <laughs> wild that I'm like, this is so much fun. This is a great yeah. way to end my day. <laughs> like, yes. So, yeah. yeah. I will say, like, these books give you an idea. Like, you know, judge a book by its cover. You get an idea of what you're in for, but, like, no. Like, there's so much oh. more. Like, yeah. The antics. And I think this is probably the cra- it's probably the craziest I've read. Um, so I think that wraps it up, unless you all have anything you would like to add, any other final notes, any other final comments. I don't have any final notes. I don't no. think so. <laughs> yeah, good, I don't think that's- Yeah, it was a good thorough discussion. Um, so thank you all for joining me for this crazy ride. Um to like be invited to do this with you so yeah. like we loved it thank you yeah. so much for having us on oh no i'm so i was like am i doing this am i doing this it's like i'm gonna do it and so i've just been really excited that people are willing to like read the books and talk about them because oh. yeah so let's promote you all let's promote your podcast and your awesome where can people find the lusty intellectuals and all your all your social um so our twitter is lusty intellectuals and lusty intellects intellects and then our instagram is lusty intellectuals yeah. um and then you can, I mean, our email is still our original with madbarronesses at gmail.com. <laughs> so things have changed since then. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, I'm not done with you yet. That was a lot of fun. Um, I think we all really enjoyed ourselves during that conversation as evidenced by all the giggling. But before I let you go, I wanted to give you a promo for next week's episode. Next week, we will be talking about Barbarian Lover, a.k.a. Kira's book, and I will be joined by Isabel from Romance Sparks Joy. She's also a romance booktuber at Happy For Now, so be sure to check that out. We'll learn all about it next week. So thank you again for joining me and have a great week.